Yeah, so this week I've been pondering about a few things. Um, and one of them is that, you know, at, at the moment, things are sort of looking like they're stacked up against us in so many ways uh, financially, right? Would you agree with that? You know, you turn on the news and inflation's running riot, so everything's costing more. Um, and on top of that, because we're because everything costs more, we have to spend more money to buy it, and so then they put the interest rates up so we can't spend the money that we need to buy stuff. It's just, it does my head in sometimes. Now, I understand there's probably financial wisdom behind it all. But it seems that we're taking a bit of a hammering, right? Do you think that's true? That, you know, it's a time when we could easily fall into fear of what is happening in the world. And, you know, I find myself in that place at times. You know, you're like, okay... What's going on with this world? But then I remember back to what God has done in the past, the way that he has always come through when I've stood and believed in him. And you know what? Sometimes even when I didn't believe in him, when, when it just seemed like God somehow just did something wonderfully amazing outside of my control, outside of my fear and anxiety, outside of my faith level where God just acted in an amazing way. And I don't think it's anything new for us. You know, I don't think that um, this sort of thing is new to people. I remember mum and dad, um, when they first bought their house, I think interest rates were something like 17% around about that time. After a little while, I don't know when it was when they first bought it or not, but it was a tough time, you know, for them. I know that and for many people in Australia, lots of people having to sell their houses, lots of things happening like that. Yet I saw God continue to work through my parents in, in amazing ways. Like Dad, as, as I see, because back in those days at St. Peter's Anglican Church, you'd get the offering plate go around, but it was a bowl. And so it wasn't a bag. It wasn't anything where you couldn't see. It was like you put the money in. So <laughs> it's pretty obvious who's given what um, and things like that. So it was quite open. But you know what I saw every week from my dad was that he gave every week he just continued to to be to be generous to what was happening in the church and the things of faith and it's it's not um it's not hard to get discouraged is it you know what i mean like it's not hard to get fearful it's not hard to fall into that trap and and like i said it's nothing new i'm going to be reading from psalm 37 today which really is a psalm that looks at how you know, it was actually a person, David, looking out and he's saying, you know, it seems really crazy, you know, you, you worry and you look and sometimes you're thinking, but what about these wicked people? What about those people that don't believe in Jesus? You know, what, what about the ones that never give anything to God because they're too busy living their own life and, and so they, they don't even have this extra burden of, you know, what, what we do as Christians and, and the generous heart that we're meant to have. And I look at them and I see him prosper. And, and as David was looking out, he was saying, guys, you need to remember this, that this is all just temporary. This is all just uh, grass. This is just flowers. And you look at the wicked people, what we'd call wicked, the people that maybe aren't believing in Jesus, that just go on living their lives, and we're like, you know, when you actually look at it totally, overall, it's gone. And at one, in one verse you'll hear as I read this, it talks about how... He even looked around and he saw, wow, it looks like they're flourishing everywhere, you know. But then he said he looked again and the tree was gone, that there's nothing there to see. But it's not so much about that. It's about our heart towards God and our trust in him in times of, of need, of trouble, of 
of those sorts of things and, and to just remember who God is, what he's done and to get our heart in the right order, okay? Get our heart in the right order that we're not trusting in the world, we're not trusting in the world system but we actually begin to trust in God. And I'm going to read the whole psalm which is reasonably long um, so you can follow along with me in your Bible. It will be on the screen as well, but just not in the most beautiful um, way that it's put together in the Bible, which is so poetic. All right, so we're looking at Psalm 37, a psalm of David. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord, do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they'll be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance, but the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts, their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent. They will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine they will have more than enough. But the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those, who, those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but, he, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly always give generous loans to others and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice and he will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever. But the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made, their own, made God's law their own so they will never slip from his path. The wicked wait in ambush for the godly, looking for an excuse to kill them. But the Lord will not let the wicked succeed or let the godly be condemned when they are put on trial. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along his path. He will honour you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I've seen the wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil, but when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in him. Beautiful words, isn't it? 
as you read through that, the, the comfort that God gives us. And there's a few things that I really wanted to, to highlight today, though there was so much in that as I read through it. I just love the fact that, you know, as we seek God, he's going to give us the desires of our heart, that there's something that, that is so amazing about the person who seeks after God that when they find God's heart, they can actually ask for anything they want. There's a carte blanche on it, which means that they can just have anything they want. Why is that? Because their hearts begin to get transformed into the heart of God. A person who has sought God, who has found his heart, will never ask for anything amiss. And so there's this freedom that comes as we seek him. So let's have a look at the verses I just wanted to highlight today. Psalm 37, there we are. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. There's three things there, well actually really four, that, that are in this small little part of this psalm that we need to really hold on to. That we really need to get to that place in our heart where, where we are following after this. Now the psalm started off with say, don't be anxious, don't fret about evildoers. That, that there's sometimes this, I guess, this, this tendency that we have to let anxiety control and run our lives. I don't know if you've ever been like that. Anyone ever been anxious? Anyone ever been worried? Anyone ever been scared of the future? This psalm is giving us something that we should be doing. And, and it's funny how we can take the Word of God and we can hear the Word of God, but we can very much refuse to obey the Word of God at times, right? Has anyone else refused to obey the Word of God? We often think that the Word of God, when we talk about obeying the Word of God, would be like this, you know, you don't, don't sin. You know, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't lust, don't whatever it might be. The, the, the laws that we think, yeah, that's the obedience to the Bible. But just have a little look at that. The Word of God is written to actually challenge not just our actions, but the heart of a person. Are you being obedient to these parts of the Bible? Because we can easily excuse our anxiety and say, well, that's okay. You know, being anxious is not being disobedient to God, but it actually really is. We've got the Word of God that is telling us to, to think a certain way, act a certain way, and yet we, we can easily run down that path. I know that I do sometimes. I'm sure we all do. And, and we, we think about, you know, the Word of God as the do's and don'ts, but, but what about this stuff? Are we actually doing the Word of God in this way? Because we can easily remember the Word of God and actually the movie last night, George, thank you for putting that on, was, was called Not a Fan, but it was talking about how often we can even recite the Word of God. We can know it really, really well and, and he talked about it in terms of when he went away on a holiday, the guy who was speaking and it was sort of like a story that he gave the, the homeowners a manual of what they needed to do to take the garbage out this day to to um, you know, feed the dog and, all, and the cat and everything like that. And, and what happened was they went away, they left this person in charge of their house and they came back and the people were like, what's going on? There's garbage piled up, there's dead animals in the backyard, things haven't gone right. And, and they said, we have loved this rule book you've given us. 
we memorised parts of this rule book. Me and my wife at night time, we would sit down and we'd, we'd go through the rule book and we'd, we'd read all the things we're meant to do, you know, we've got to take the garbage out on this day. We memorised it and, and then we even formed a small group and we got all these other people around and we looked at this amazing book and we all read through it together and, and we discussed it and what does it mean? Yeah, we can look at that and we go, hmm, is that us with the Bible? Is that us with the Word of God that we, 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 we've memorised it, we, we sat down with our friends, we talked about the Bible and then when it came to actually doing it, did we do it? And so sometimes our lives sort of unravel, don't they? They unravel because we refuse to actually obey the Word of God. And that's why... God said it's better to obey than sacrifice. In actual fact, it's easier to give something up than be obedient, isn't it? You see it with your kids all the time. You know, it's easier to give something up than be obedient. You see it with us all the time. It's easier to give something up than be obedient. So we sort of do this reparation, but we continue on in the way that we've been going. So let's have a look. Firstly, trust in the Lord and do good. Where's your heart in trust to God? What in your life right now, when you're looking out and you're thinking things are unfair, it's just not right, God, why have you done this? Why have you let this happen? Why are things so against me? Is there a a place in your life right now where you are not trusting in God? Well, we are told to trust in him. This is actually it's good advice, but it's even more than that. This is if you want to live a successful Christian life where you are free from your anxiety and worry and care, trust in God and do good. Why do those things go together? Because once we trust in God, we don't rely on circumstances to act the way that we should. When we don't trust in God, we try to fix things ourselves. We try to to work in our own strength to make things happen and make things right. But when we trust in God, we enter this place of rest where we allow God to actually do it. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Secondly, take delight in the Lord. What does that mean, take delight in the Lord? Take delight in the Lord. How do you take delight in your child? when they're being good. (laughs) You look at them. You just see them. You you see the good things about them. You see their qualities, the funny things they do, the, the way they walk, the way they fall over, the way they get up, whatever it might be. But it's like this inner thing where you are noticing the very best of your children. When you take delight in your wife or your your husband or your friend, what are you doing? You're noticing the very best of who they are. To take delight in the Lord means that we turn our attention to the goodness of God, how good he's been, how good he's always been to us, how good he's going to be in the future. That our hearts actually come alive to the goodness of God. We're not thinking about how unfair life is, but we're starting to delight in him. We're starting to come to a place of worship where we are, where on our lips we're actually expressing the goodness of God. We're taking delight in him. And then he will give you your heart's desires. 
As I said before, sometimes you feel disappointed. You don't get what you want. But when you take the time to actually delight in the Lord, your prayers are unhindered. Your motives are pure. What you want is the true thing that will make you happy. What is really in your heart. And then lastly there, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Commit everything you do to the Lord. And this is sometimes hard because it really is often that we get wrapped up in our own wisdom and we just presume that what we're doing is right. But as a Christian, the whole point is that we start to surrender our life fully and wholly to him. There's not one part of our life that doesn't belong to Jesus. You know you've seen it. Maybe you've even lived it where, where, where your Christianity is wholly and solely maybe a one moment of the week. It's like, I'm going to commit this day to the Lord, but the rest of the days, they belong to me. I can do what I want. I can, can go where I want. I can say what I want. I can act like I want, but that's not really committed to him. I make decisions not based on what God wants for me, but I make them based on what I want for me. Commit every part of your life to God. Why? Because he will help you. Trust him. He will help you. When things are tough, God will help you. And as I was reflecting on this psalm, which is the next little passage we're going to look at, what became very evident to me is that God is above what we see. God is greater than the world we live in. I, I thought of the, the stories of... Um, of the old saints, you know, even Elijah running away and, and God provided him everything he needed. There was a widow who looked after him and, and God never let the oil run out during the time of famine. And there might be famine in your life in, in some places, whether it's finance or relationship or whatever it might be, but start to do these steps. Trust God. Take delight in him and commit all your ways to him. Let God begin to move. He will help you. God will help you. But look at that, what you have to do first. The obedience is what? Firstly, to trust. Trust God. That's hard, isn't it? I think it's hard sometimes because we're saying, I'm going to put my trust in this invisible being, God, although he's displayed throughout creation, I can't see him, but I'm going to trust him. I've got to trust and believe that what he says for me is true. I have to trust and believe that his promises are true. I have to trust God. And I just have to live my life out that way. Secondly, I do need to take delight in him. And I have to commit everything to him. So let's have a look how God comes, comes through. Excuse me. Psalm 37, 18 to 21. Day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent, they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times, even in famine they will have more than enough. But the wicked will die, the Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field, they will disappear like smoke, the wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. What do you think about that when you read that? Are there times where you feel like 
you are going to be disgraced, <laughs> that, that somehow you're going to be embarrassed and ashamed of everything because things are tough. I just love it. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. That comes from trusting in God. We have to do it. I have to do it. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. Why is that important? To have just enough is not the way that God wants us to live. What do you mean, Neil? Do you think he wants us to be rich? No. But he wants us to be generous. And so when things are tough, he's saying, you know what, I'm going to give you not just what you need, I'm going to give you more than enough. Why is that? Because the Christian, fully surrendered to Christ, has this heart that just wants to be generous, just like the Heavenly Father, to give, to keep on giving. And so our trust in God has to extend to say, you know what, even when things are tough, in every area of my life, I have to keep on giving. What about relationally? You know, I need comfort. Turn to God at this time and say, you know what, God, I need comfort. I'm trusting in you for that. But the comfort that you receive from God is not just enough for you. It's enough for you to comfort others. Lord, I need grace right now. The grace that he gives is not just enough for you, but it's enough grace that you can give grace to others. Lord, forgive me. I have this need, this, there's this emptiness in my heart. Forgive me. He forgives you more than enough that your heart turns towards others and forgives them. Just as the Bible says, because you've been forgiven, forgive. It's amazing how God will supply everything you need at every moment in your life, whatever the situation is. That we have this hope that God comes in and comforts us while we're there, that he comes in and strengthens us while we're there. But not only that, he wants to prosper us in a time of famine. He wants to prosper us in a time of famine so that we always have enough. And in fact, we always have more than enough. Why did I want to speak about that today? Because I can see the way the world is going at the moment, the fear that is creeping in, it's, and it's nothing new. Don't worry, the world wants you to be afraid because it destroys faith. Satan wants you to be afraid all the time because it destroys trust in God. We just went through a, a, a global pandemic and fear was shoved down our throat every single day. Okay, I should be afraid, I should fear, I can't trust the Lord. I've got to be afraid, I've got to be worried. Do you know who's easy to control? Worried and fearful people. It's true, just have a think about it. Because they're looking for someone who can be the saviour. Now, we come out of that. Well, we need something else to fear about, guys, don't we? Let's fear about the future of interest rates. Let's fear about the future of, of whatever it might be. There's always something, and you will find it every single day in the media. There's always something to fear. 
There's never a really good time. There's never a time when everyone says, until the day when Jesus comes, as we read a few, few months ago, that everything's good, everyone's safe, because fear destroys faith. It can destroy faith, but on the other hand, at those times, it drives us to our knees to learn to trust in God, to learn to have faith in him, that he is more than enough for whatever we need. He is a good God. So what are you going to do this week? Firstly, trust God. Trust him. Secondly, do good. No matter what the circumstance is, don't feel that you have to withdraw and be selfish. Do good still. Do good. Delight in God this week. Think about all the amazing, wonderful things that God has done of who he is. And lastly, spend some time committing every part of your life to him. Where's the rock that something's lurking under? Turn it over. Open up your heart to him, and as you delight in him, it will become very easy to commit everything to him. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you that, Lord, you are a good God. Lord, we don't need to worry about the future because you are with us. But Lord, we do need to trust in you. I just pray, Father God, right now that you would just destroy that fear inside of us, Lord God, that we would begin to, to grow bold and strong, knowing who you are, what you've done, what you're going to do. And Lord, today I just pray that you would take care of us. Lord, we commit everything into your hands today. We, we pray, Lord God, that there will be not one part of our life that we don't include you in. We just thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it may be that you're here this morning and you've never, ever trusted in God, ever. Ricky came up and shared communion with us before. What was that about? That was about Jesus dying for your sins so that you can have eternal life. And that's the first trust that we have in that relationship with God is to trust that he is your saviour, that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sin so that you could live forever and have relationship with him. Perhaps that's you this morning. I just want to give you a chance to pray. We're going to pray. I'll pray. You just pray with me and ask him into your life today. Father God, I'm so sorry for not loving you, for not trusting you with my life. I'm sorry that I've sinned against you and Lord, I need you. Today I just pray that you would forgive me of my sin, set me free and cleanse every part of me. Thank you for Jesus. From this day on, I just want to live for you. So please come into my life today and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have prayed that prayer, you make sure you talk to your friend that you came with, talk to your family member that you're with, and let them know that you asked Jesus into your life today. 
or if you just came by yourself, you please come and see me after the service. When the singing's finished, come up and um, we'll pray together. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 